Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Hi. <laughs> Are you ready to talk about having difficult conversations? Well, I think it should be clear, and this is how to have difficult conversations. It's true. Emily and I are not going to have a difficult conversation live on the air. Don't you? <laughs> Although, I'm sure that would be super juicy for you. We don't yeah. have anything to talk about that's difficult at this point. But I was prompted to record this podcast after I went to a convention, conference, summit, whatever you want to call it. And I heard a woman by the name of Sheila Heen speak, and she's on the faculty at Harvard Law School. So I'm just going to go with the assumption that she's smart. So we should maybe (laughs) take a listen to her. So this isn't necessarily my techniques or how to have a difficult conversation. They're hers. And a lot of them are backed by extensive studies that have been done at Harvard. So you should just pay attention. And this is going to help you, I believe, not just in business, but in life, like conversations and communication is important in every aspect of life. And so Mm -hmm. if you can really work on it in one area, it tends to trickle over in others. So regardless, if you have one like top of mind that you are ready to have a conversation about. This is like the good prep work to just have in your back pocket. So when stuff comes up, you don't sound like an ass, right? <laughs> <laughs> or because I also have no, I'm learning this with you guys on air. Does this ease the pressure of like that anxiety of having a difficult conversation with someone? Yeah, I think so. And I'll explain why here in a second, because here's the deal. We have to look beyond what everyone in the room is saying, okay? Because the conversation, especially difficult ones, is often the unspoken that's actually happening under the surface, and it's about getting it out in the open. Now, before we jump down into it, this is a direct quote from her completely unrelated to the topic at hand, sort of. But I just want to quote out loud so that I can reiterate again that apparently good friends don't necessarily make good business partners. (laughs) I just thought I had to mention it because so many of you ask. But the reason that is, is because typically conflict comes up when you have a friendship first. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you, Emily, what do you think... You start thinking, like, don't look at the notes. What what are the 
questions you start asking when you're pissed at someone? Like what's the dialogue (laughs) in your head? So when I, at least, well, when I'm mad at someone and like I'm prepping to have a conversation with them, I try to like gather as much mental evidence as like to help make my point. Uh (laughs) So I can be mad or upset, but it's because of all of these Uh reasons. uh So I show my receipts basically. Oh, okay. So you are an evidence collector. That's not uncommon because when you have a difficult conversation, regardless of what the subject matter is about, you all have the same underlying structure. Did you know this? Every fight is the same. Do you believe that? Oh, 100%. 100%. Okay. So, because I've had the same fight <laughs> with people over and over and over again. So, here's what you're saying in your head, regardless of if you put it in these exact words, but Emily basically put the nail on the head. Who's right? Me. What am I right about? Everything. Whose fault is it? Everyone else's. Why is the other person acting this way? Because they're dumb. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the problem with that story (laughs) is you put your own story becomes your identity in this situation. And we carry stories throughout our entire life, not just in difficult conversations, but all of the time, right? So when you start having this dialogue in your head, what is that saying about you? You being an evidence collector, like, what do you think that means? Like, does that make you a bad person? No, because I didn't do anything wrong. (laughs) Just because I have the brain of an elephant isn't my fault. Do elephants have big brains? They remember everything. I see. And that is my unique skill. (laughs) Yes, it is also my husband's unique skill. (laughs) I am very familiar with this skill and I do not have this skill. I am Dory. (laughs) Hello, nice to meet you. Mm -hmm. Hello, Mm -hmm. nice to meet you. Hello, nice Mm -hmm. to meet you. I don't remember anything. Yep. Neither does my partner (laughs) at all. I swear to you, if I could fix it, I would. But that's a whole nother conversation. So I think what's important is, although on the surface, we like to say, oh, this just means I'm right, they're wrong, and here's all the evidence, I really want you Mm -hmm. to reflect on what is this saying about you? Like, you just presenting this information, what does that say about you? Well, I can at least use the words that my partner has used in the sense of, like, it makes me very defensive And I'm not open to hear like other alternatives for how the argument or the discussion like could be looked at or felt by someone else. Like I'm probably the least sympathetic person that anyone has ever met. So there's definitely that aspect of just like once I found the evidence, I'm already going down one route of how the conversation needs to go and not open to anything else. So I'm curious because... I don't know if it's unrelated, but you've been reading this book and you've been kind of telling me about it. I ended up ordering it yesterday. But I think some of that content could really tie into this. So tell me a little bit about how questions have been helpful for you. So the book that we're talking about is called The Question Behind the Question. You can get it on Amazon. It's super inexpensive. It's a really, really easy read. 
I honestly, like we were recommended the book by our coach and like the cover is like, I would never how to ever, I would have never bought it. Is what I'm saying. I, the cover is like how to dig deeper and ask better questions in to better your like personal and work life. And I was like, this is stupid. And, but I am really actually taking a lot away from it. So the premise is like, you ask yourself these questions, mostly inside your head, but sometimes verbally of instead of asking like, who dropped the ball? How did it end up this way? When is it going to get better? Instead of asking questions like that, you ask questions, how can I better this situation? What can I do to serve this scenario? And basically of being of aid of getting the outcome that you actually want. And so I tested it. You guys, I'm like drawing up all evidence for anything, right? So I read like a couple chapters of the book and I put some quotes on our stories. If you guys caught that, they're pretty good. But the basic question is like when someone is, if you're using this in your personal life situation, if your spouse is like super frazzled, they've had a bad day, their day started off bad and it continues to get bad. And they call you on their way home from work and they're super stressed out and like, They're not going to make it in time for something. They're late. They're behind. They're all of these things. So that exact scenario came up into my life like two days after I started reading this book. And my partner was going to be late to this thing that he had committed to go to. And he hates, hates, hates being late. We are the exact same in that scenario of like 10 minutes early is on time. And so he's so, so, so stressed and frazzled because of that in and of itself. He took the wrong exit on a highway. Like it was just this whole big thing. And so I asked a question and said, is there anything I can do to make you get out of the door faster when you get home? Because he was basically going to like come squealing in the driveway, run in, change, grab some stuff and have to leave. And he was like, no, I really just have to do X, Y, Z. And then a couple hours later, he was still kind of stressed and frazzled. Something else went wrong. And I asked the same kind of question of like, is there anything I can do to, I can't even remember what I asked, but it was that kind of like, how can I be of service to make this situation better for you? Because I'm chill, but you're not chill. And it was a no. Again, he said, no, I just need blah, blah, blah. And he needed to handle it on his own. So at the end of the evening, he comes in and he like pulls me aside in the kitchen and he literally like takes me by the shoulders and he said, you have been so helpful today. Thank you so much. But I literally hadn't done anything. The beauty of that just blows me away. Isn't that amazing? I asked two times, how could I help you? And he didn't need my help. But the fact that I offered. Well, and I feel like, it avoided it actually avoided a fight because a hundred thousand percent even though you had nothing wrong just the fact that he was frazzled trying to get somewhere always leads to confrontation yep yep he might have been short with me i might have been disappointed that he couldn't come upstairs to see p so i i took p downstairs to see him so he didn't have to come upstairs it was just these things of like how can i be of service to make this situation a little bit better for you and it was literally nothing that i like i asked questions so (laughs) here's what typically happens when you're starting a fight we talked about those questions but what you're doing in your head is explaining, excusing, and then attempting to fix them. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? 
I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. My favorite example of this that we, my partner and I both do, and we call each other out on it all the time. I'm sure our listeners have done this. When you're in a discussion, you're in an argument, you're in a heated conversation. Our favorite thing to do with each other is say something like, okay, well, I'm sorry, but, and then explain these whole things. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, but, (laughs) and so we have both established that like, that means nothing. Like you can't say, I'm sorry, but and so we both do it still. It's a thing that we're like really easy yeah. to fall back into. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry, but if you hadn't done X, Y, Z, or I'm sorry, but when you said this over here, it made me do this over here. And so when we hear each other say it, 
we like put up our hand like, nope, you need to end on I'm sorry, period. And then the other person can talk. No, for sure. So here's the thing, though, that we all forget. Conversations are two sided. What? Yeah. Nah. (laughs) Nah. So while you're (laughs) having this pre internal conversation with yourself about how you're about to go into like full on cheetah mode, Mm -hmm. they are. Yep. Do you guys do arguments in your shower, like out loud in your shower? That's what I do. I like prepare my best arguments <laughs> in the shower. No, I don't do that. Mine almost always mm-hmm. happen on accident. Like they're not prepared mm. because I tend to talk about my conflicts when they happen. And my husband tends mm. to wait and pile them all up and then explode yeah. with like 50 things he's frustrated about. And I'm like, wait oh, a second, yeah. what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> so no, I never have time to prepare. <laughs> but they are also like, even if it's, you know, two milliseconds before words are spoken, their internal voice is preparing this same set of data. Who's right? What am I right about? Whose fault is it? Why is the other person acting this way? But the problem, Mm -hmm. well, first of all, let me just settle the debate of do you have an internal voice? If your head is literally saying, I don't have an internal voice, that is your internal voice. (laughs) You have an internal voice. So your, your person in your head might be sassy. Mine likes to sing a lot. I have a musical in my brain all day long. So... That voice is preparing all of your information as quickly as possible because things are about to go down. But the problem is that you guys aren't having the same conversation. You are likely talking about two completely different things, but the reason it's difficult, the reason it's confrontational is your you're thinking you're right and the other person did something wrong or the other person said something wrong or the other person blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. Insert whatever you want. But what if like for the sake of how would we navigate when the other person actually is a hundred percent at fault? It doesn't matter. You got to back it up, sister. (laughs) Can we all just agree to chill for two seconds to prepare yourself for the next thing you're going to do instead of attack. We can promise to try. I will take that with a grain of salt from you, lady. (laughs) So instead of going down the road of who's right, what am I right about? Whose fault is it? Why is the other person acting this way? I want you to pause and I want you to think. And I definitely suggest people that are closest to you Either have them listen to this episode or like talk to them about this when you're not fighting so that when it does come up, you both have these tools instead of one person is just doing what they always do. Anyway, so instead of spilling things out loud, I want your first reaction to be, what do you think the other person's conversation is actually about? And think it and then ask them. If you don't understand what they're frustrated about, or even if you think you do, you need to ask them. So 
They gave a scenario at the conference about this woman and her business partner were having a fight and they they had clients and they were having cash flow problems and one of the partners comes in the room and he is like so excited. He's like, oh my gosh, I just booked us race cars and we're going to get on these race cars and we're going to like wow this client and land this deal and it's going to fix everything. And the other business partner is like, literally, we have no fucking money. This is not an option. (laughs) And so (laughs) instead of saying... Instead of saying what they're really thinking, they're both defensive because they think they're right in this scenario. And in fact, neither of them really did something wrong. They're both trying to move the business forward. Right. They're both going for the the same same results. They both are trying to get there. One is being a little more creative and less in reality. And honestly, if I had been in this situation, I would have sided with the logical numbers person, but that doesn't mean that they're not wrong. Like if it could mean you're down one day, but land a million dollar deal, like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's always two sides to the story. And so instead of like jumping the gun and saying, we can't afford that, or we can't do that, or there's no way that's going to work. Cause that's what you're going to say. You need to acknowledge both sides. So instead of saying, we can't do that, because that's confrontational, you would say something along the lines of, okay, I get where you're coming from, that you really want to land this client. So do I. I have the same motive. I want to get to the same place. But my problem is, I literally don't know how we're going to afford it. And then all of a sudden, you've acknowledged what you think they're thinking. And you've talked about your concerns without pointing fingers. So right. let's take it out of this like specific situation and just remember what's the underlying structure. You are going to first state not what you think because that's not helpful. You are going to first state what you think you are hearing from the other person. Which honestly is like customer service 101. Of like repeating back, this is what I'm hearing. This is what I think your purpose, your point, your goal, your point, your whatever is. Let me repeat it yeah. back to you. So you're, to hear you're if repeating I'm right. it not for the sake of confrontation, but literally for confirmation. You're right. repeating back what you heard and what you right. think it means. And then you're stating what your concerns are without pointing fingers. I know this seems elementary, but I guarantee you, you are not doing it the majority of the time. Absolutely not. As so does asking questions like, what can I do to help you out today? That seemed like as soon as you read it, you're like, well, it can't really work that if it's that easy. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it does. Yeah. So instead of looking at blame, we don't want to figure out who's at fault because I guarantee you, especially if this is a close relationship. You both are coming from a place of love or safety or concern or whatever. It just comes off as not what you wanted to hear that day. So the purpose Mm -hmm. needs to shift to asking questions. If you literally don't know what they're saying 
instead of like yelling at them, say, I don't understand. Can you explain what you mean by that? Or what what's your purpose right. with doing that? And the calmer and slower you talk, mm-hmm. the better. Yeah. Well, and I also think like specifically in that work example of where the other person is saying, okay, but my concern now is I'm not sure if we can even afford this. I feel like then it shifts the potential confrontation conversation to a solution-based conversation. Now let's work together to find a solution to do what you want to do, rent the race cars to get the client, and figure out how to pay for it. Solution-based conversations are A, way more effective, and B, people just don't feel as shitty at the end of it. <laughs> like if we right, if we right. all just walk around it's simple as that, trying to not make other people miserable, it makes us not miserable because especially in your situation, <laughs> yep. you literally did nothing, but you were kind in a situation where you could have taken on his energy and gotten snippy right back. But because you were right. conscious about your yep. like yep. mood and how you talked to him in the moment, you literally both ended up having a great day. So like, yep, that stuff rubs off in all different ways. Okay. So, oh yeah. Do we all get what needs to happen? Because before we wrap it up, I do want to tell you about a little study I heard about that is shocking and important. But Do you understand, Emily, what you need to be doing in your next... It's not a fight because you're going to avoid the fight. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what's happening? Your next (laughs) pre-fight. Okay, sweet. I'm not... There's no reason to drag on something that you all understand. So I'm just going to tell you about this ridiculous, (laughs) ridiculous story. And it just shows me that we all are way too focused on ourselves. So this is at Harvard. Imagine you're a student at Harvard. I believe it was at Harvard. Maybe it was another college. It's it's irrelevant. You're a student. Take yourself back, right? Your professor looks you in the eye and says, okay, your assignment is that you have to walk clear across campus to this other building. And in five minutes, you need to give a presentation on X. So what do you do? You leave and you hustle your butt. But here's the problem. In the middle of your walk on the way there, there is someone laying on the ground that clearly needs medical attention. Do you keep walking to get to your class to do your presentation? Or do you stop (laughs) and take care of the person who needs medical attention? Don't look at the notes. What do you think? It's a tough one. What percentage of people do you think stopped? Oh, like none. Let me also put into perspective. They did this study with clergymen about to go talk about the Good Samaritan. That was their presentation. Only 10% of them stopped. (laughs) They were training to be pastors. And only 10% of them stopped for someone who needed medical attention. And here's the thing, and the interesting part of it. I was both frustrated with this answer, but what she said that really rocked my world about it, it's likely that over half of them didn't even see the person. I mean, it might have on the actual study, but not in the story she told about it. So 
the fact that we go through life so quickly that we're so worried about our own stuff that you could have saved someone's life, first of all, but you decided your shit was more important. Like, I realize this is an extreme example. Well, I mean, that reminds me of the, I'm not sure what her last name was, but the woman, it's like the kitty, whatever her last name was, it's called, it's an actual like effect. So a woman way like in the sixties was injured outside of her apartment complex. She was stabbed multiple times. She was screaming, help. She was screaming, stop. And the person stabbed her, left, came back and stabbed her some more, stabbed her to death. She's in this certain like I don't know if it was an alley or just the courtyard of her apartment where there were multiple buildings where like if people had their windows open, like people could hear her screaming. Literally no one called the police because they thought someone else would call. And so it's like that same kind of thing. You're either literally don't see it because you're so focused on the thing or you think it will. That someone else will take of care the of day it. I was driving to your house. And first of all, Kansas City is in construction mode everywhere it's like oh my flashback god flashback tulsa three years it's a ago nightmare mm-hmm. i don't <laughs> anyway yes, i was on no your way shit. to your house and there was a man on a bicycle not a motorcycle a bicycle and he was holding a 50 gallon trash bag on the front of his bicycle driving down 435 not on the shoulder because there was literally no shoulder because there was concrete barriers a highway on his bicycle with a trash bag. Yeah. So I was like, my first reaction is, oh, someone else has definitely already called the police. And I was like, no, this is so ridiculous. Either he's going to die. Someone else is going to wreck because they're slowing down. Like right. this is super there's dangerous. way too many lives at stake. So I called 911 and like, I've definitely had the conversation in my head. Like, is this important enough to call 911? Or do I need to find, like, the oh, police oh, yeah. direct phone oh, number yeah. or whatever? But I was like, no, I'm calling 911. Mm-hmm. I was the only person that called about a man driving a bicycle yeah. in the middle of the highway. Yeah, I am always the first person to call the police. <laughs> I take pride on calling the police. I call the police often. Do you know, actually, this is my most recent time of when I called the police, and this was in a suburb. I was heading up to my dad. So in Liberty, a very, like a suburb, driving down the street, and there's a car next to us with like three kids under the age of six in the back seat with no seatbelts on. Running around the car, sliding up the console, waving to people in the back seat. No, no, no. I straight up called the police. Gave the tag number, that is not car okay description, with me. everything. Well, here's uh-uh. here's the interesting twist to this story to back up to these clergymen talking about the Good Samaritan. When given <laughs> <laughs> when given 20 minutes instead of five to cross campus, 50% of them stopped. Cause then all of a sudden they were taking their time. Well, and in their head, they're mm-hmm. like, okay, I have some minute, a couple minutes to spare. So, moral of the story for all of this yeah. is don't trust anyone to save your life. <laughs> My thing is I want you all to slow down. We tend to jump to conclusions with people. We tend to only be concerned with our own crap. And if we just took some time and like rolled through life a little more easygoing a, we'd have less confrontations, and maybe we'd save somebody's <laughs> life from time to time. 
Yeah. Or just have a better day. You don't even have to be tasked with saving lives, but you take the time. But it feels to, good. Oh, like yeah, I will good. never, I will never forget that I called to save a man driving a bicycle on the highway. It wasn't right. just his life. And everyone else on the highway. I don't mess around with car yeah. accidents. Uh-huh. It's just all about where you are in your life, apparently. <laughs> all right, guys, you are going to have no more difficult conversations because they're going to be so <laughs> No, you're probably going to have some. Let's be realistic here. I'm not going to put that pressure on y'all. You now have something that you can pull out instead of evidence in your own receipts of a task, a tactic that you can try to steer the conversation in a new direction. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.